Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. God, thank you for your word. Your word is true. And your word points to the truth, which is you. You are the truth. Father, I pray that you would lead this time. You would speak. You would silence any other voice that would desire to speak that would not be yours. God, bring each one of us to the place that you want us to go. Convict our heart where there's needed conviction. Shine light where there's needed shining. We're listening. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Anybody in the room love checklists? Everybody loves a good checklist. Now, here's what I'm talking about. I like a to-do list because it keeps me on task, you know? But there's a difference between a checklist and a to-do list, in my opinion. The checklist I'm talking about is, uh, guys, your wife ever give you the list of things to buy at the store? Anybody, anybody love that list? Do you, anybody love the list? Like, you need a list at the store? Half and half, right? <laughs> of course, Bruce, yeah, we talk. We love that list. Come on now. That list, man, I go to Butler and Bailey. I live in Rocky Hill. My, my grocery store, like right down the house, perfect Butler and Bailey is like two seconds from my house. So I speed down there. She gives me a list. And I have legit four things on this list, you know? But I don't know if it's dyslexia or ADHD. Like, I have no idea. I couldn't read till fourth grade, y'all. So like, I have no idea. But I get in this store and it's like, as I read number one, I, I think of, imagine where it is and I go and search for it. I feel like I get lost as I forget what I'm looking for. So I go and I'm like, oh yeah. And then I find it to find myself looking for number two and I'm on the wrong side of the grocery store. And I wander in this stupid store for what seems like an hour, you know? I, I don't know what it is. Like a checklist drives me crazy. It's like I, it gets jumbled in my mind. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. And I like black out in the store. But my wife lives on the checklist. And I think a checklist is very important. It's actually very good. Some of us have trouble with checklists. I'm one of those people. And as I'm processing the past couple of weeks, we went from Corinthians to Ephesians. And then Paul begins to give us like this checklist of things for us to walk this faith out and says, hey guys, this is the life that you're invited into. And I want to share with you a checklist before, before some of you say, well, that's not how this works. Some of you Bible scholars are like, it's not a checklist, Jay, come on. You just wait till the end, okay? It's not a checklist. But from the place of faith, we're inspired to walk out our faith. And here's what this life can look like. I want to read a couple of verses to you. Ephesians 4, 25. And I want to go to chapter 5, verse 2. And I want to read these to you. And I pray the Lord blesses us as we read them. Ephesians 4, 25. It says, Therefore, and he's gone through the gospel. He's talked about a few things. He says, therefore, because all this is true, 
having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. If you, if you go look, past couple of weeks, you've really laid the foundation for this. I don't have time to go back. But it's this idea that like when you come into Christ, they paint this picture in the Bible that we're a body. And have you ever heard of somebody's body who's not communicating well with itself? Anybody have back trouble? Anybody get neurotic? Like your back goes and you get neuropathy and your nerves are not firing well. They're not communicating to your legs, so your leg goes numb. And the word we've been talking about is, you see, if I'm weak in this body, it weakens you. If you are weak in the body, it weakens me because we're in need of one another. This is not a solo game. This is not the assassin takes on all. You know, this is not 007. Like, it's just not. We need each other. And so what we're called into is the reality that we don't have to lie anymore. Anybody just tired of lying? It wore me out half of my life. Like, you know it's okay not to have it all together in the room? Come on now. And you know, a very important aspect of actually getting well is sharing with one another. So the word says, does anybody have sin in your life? Confess your sin one to another and be healed. There's healing available in the room, but part of healing actually happens in the context of relationship. Thank you, Michael. See, we're a part of the body. We've got to be honest. So like, hey, look, my knee hurts. It requires the hand to go get a Band-Aid. The Band-Aid then put but if the nerves never tell the brain that, hey, the foot hurts or I've got a wound, the wound gets worse and worse and worse. Communication is so important. Relationship is so crucial. But listen to me. True relationship is so crucial. None of this stuff that we live outside of these walls where we don't talk about anything, we stay surface level. And the reality is I found this in context when I had a job for a long time and I came to work the, the, one of the days and one of the guys had killed himself and I said, what? But you know why I didn't know? Because I didn't know him. I didn't know him. I didn't know he was walking through. But I could have. I carried around a lot of guilt in my life for a long time, not knowing that guy. But we each bear a part of the responsibility to be revealed and then to help reveal each other. So listen, I need your voice in my life when you sit in here and you get a bad feeling about how I'm communicating. I need you to be like, hey, Jay, come here, come here, come here. Are you okay? Listen, I need that sometimes. I'm not above that. And I want to model this for each other. I want to, I want to go first in this. Look, I want this from you guys, but I want to be this for y'all. And I want to trust your heart enough to know that I got, you, got, you got best interest for me out. And so I got best interest for you. So we step in each other's lives in this honest and real way and we can put falsehood away. Look, I don't got anything to lie. I don't need to lie to you because you know what? When you find out the stuff that you need to find out, you're not gonna crucify me because my sin was crucified on a cross. The reminder I receive is, hey, that was crucified. You're called into a different way to live. Come on now, let's walk together. It's a different way of doing it. And a lot of times in the church context, we found out something about somebody and we crucify them. That is not this book. Jesus was crucified for sins. And the reminder that people need to know is Jesus was crucified for that. Don't you know? Don't you know what you're allowed to step into? Don't you know the thing that you're settling for is not best for you? It's, it's not even second. It's not even close. 
It might feel good for a moment, but listen, you're headed down a road that isn't going to be good. It's not going to be best for you. And Jesus wants the best for you. That's the heart of redemption. And that's what we're invited to be and become and walk with him. So we've put away falsehood. Let's speak the truth to our neighbor. For we are members one of another. That's why life group is so important. That's why we preach it all the time. Authentic relationship. Verse 26, be angry and do not sin. Don't let your sun go down on your anger. Give no opportunity for the devil. Listen, the emotion of anger is not a sin. It's what we do with our anger that can be sinful. I've thought of three things. As you, as, you, as you get angry today, we all get angry, right? Everybody gets angry, all right? Get angry. And I thought about three things that we need to do and process anger through this lens. Here's how we deal with our anger. Number one, we're gonna pray about everything. We pray about it first. Take it to God first. Before you speak about it to anybody else, before you gossip about somebody and I vent to so-and-so, they're a safe ear for my gossip. No, they're not. No, they're not. I tell Jesus everything that is on my heart and I tell him and express him. All the raw emotions go straight to Jesus. He's the one who can take that. And he can help you the next step. But the second thing that's so important after we pray, let's decide who the real enemy is. Let's decide who the real enemy is. Give no foothold to who? The devil. Listen, Satan knows how to hit us where it hurts. And it's usually in the strong emotion of anger. I feel justified in my anger. And I was looking up the word anger all through the New Testament. And you know pretty much the only time anger is really used? Anger is used in the context of God's anger coming later in judgment. So because God's anger is going to be poured out as a final judgment on sin, I don't have to. Because you know what? His justice is way worse than mine. Like, I'm gonna leave it there. Like, God's wrath against the things that are really bad, I got no business stepping into that game because I'm not strong enough to deal with it. So as I take it to him, I decide who the real enemy is. And you know who's not the enemy? The person who has wronged you is not the enemy, but I know who is. So I won't, I won't give him a foothold. I believe Satan has split too many relationships, maybe even in this room. That's not God's plan. God's plan is to unite us. And then you know what we're gonna do after we decide who the real enemy is? We're gonna move by faith. We're gonna move by faith. My question that I ask myself is, does this please me or does it please God? And are, are those in opposition at all? Does this please me or does this please God? And then decide and then move by faith and then go. Verse 28, let the thief no longer steal. That's a funny word to tell the church, right? Come on now. Any ex-thieves in the room? Hey guys, y'all don't gotta steal anymore. God's gonna provide for you. You know, like, That's the kind of crowd, I love that. He was having to remind his people, hey guys, don't steal anymore, please. Don't go down there and rob the, the, the Weigels anymore. Pilate, don't go, don't go down there and do that. You don't got to do that anymore. God's going to provide for you. But for a purpose, listen to this, but rather labor. That word is literally like to work yourself to the bone. Like it's to work till you have no energy left, doing honest work with your own hands so that, here it is, that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Think about that. Hey, go, go to work. But do you know why you go to work? You go to work to help other people in your life. 
Anybody in this room in need, you know what this is made for, and I believe this is where we're going in this gathering. Hey, you got a need? Anybody got a need? Nobody in this room should have a need. Nobody. And in fact, God has given to every single one of us enough to handle everyone's needs in this room. That's where we're going. You have no need. Because we all work to be generous one to another because guess what? If you thrive, I thrive. If you're in need, I'm in need. What's mine isn't even mine. You know that? It's a gift from the king. Maybe to you. We're given so we can be generous. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up. As fits the occasion, like that, in every occasion, speak what's needed, that it may give grace to those who hear. And don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Spurgeon says this, he says, the Holy Spirit's grief is not of a petty, oversensitive nature. He's not just a weepy guy, you know, like, oh, we have to do something different. You know, it's not that. He is grieved with us mainly for our, our own sakes. For he knows what misery sin will cost us. He reads our sorrows in our sins. He grieves over us because he sees how much chastisement we actually incur and how much communion we lose. The idea is a parent and a child. Parents in the room, you ever have a son or a daughter that went kind of off the rails? Or those of us who have small kids, like the love you have for your kids, can you imagine them going against your will when you know, hey, I've walked that road, you know what I mean? Don't do it. Please don't date that guy. Please, I beg you. I beg you. I'm thinking about those moments, you know, please don't. My heart breaks because, man, I've been there. And when you decide to go against my will, it's not that like, it's not that I'm done with you. I'm not even close to done with you. I love you so, so much. I can't, my words can't even describe it. But ins my insides hurt. That's the Holy Spirit. Like this, ins like my, my deep emotional heart hurts for you because I know what life could be if you just listen to me. I want to give you the best. Verse 31, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, put away all this. Be kind to one another tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. As God and Christ forgave you. I think this whole thing gets summed up like this. I'm gonna ask our band to come up. And here's our list. Speak the truth. Be angry, but don't sin. Work hard to be generous. Speak only what builds up. Be kind, tender, and forgiving. Now, if you read this as a list only, you will have no power to actually accomplish it. We've got to receive power to actually do this. How do we receive power to do this? The Bible says that the gospel is the power of God for salvation. Salvation to forgive you, but salvation to call you into a different life. So what we have to understand is everything we read today, Jesus did this first for you and me. That means in my lying, he comes and he speaks the gentle truth. But he speaks it as a father to his child and says, hey, listen, I, I just want the best for you. Is that the voice you hear from God? And if it's not, I invite you to the truth of the word. Jesus reveals the word. 
How did Jesus do this? How did Jesus forgive? How did Jesus deal with his anger? There's one particular story that comes to mind and I feel like encapsulates like this whole thing in John 8. And in John 8, Jesus is teaching, and you can imagine this in this room, like Jesus is teaching, and in burst open those doors, and a woman is being dragged in very, I don't even know what the word is, like forcefully, that's a good word. There's yelling and there's clamoring and there's a crowd of people following. And in this story, it says that these people bring this woman before Jesus as he's teaching, think about it. And they say this woman was caught in the act of adultery. That is literally like the door swung open and it's a, it is a, uh, an episode of cheaters, you know? Like, we found you. And they drag her out and they pull her down the street. I mean, no telling, probably like half clothed, maybe not clothed, who knows? They bring her before Jesus. They throw her on the ground and the crowd has rocks in their hands and they're all yelling, we're gonna kill this woman. We need to do, justice needs to be served, da, da, da. And to test Jesus, they come to him. They say, hey, Jesus, the law says this woman deserves death. What should we do? Think about what Jesus could have done. What would you have done? I mean, y'all are just, y'all are just like, you're the jerks, you know? Like, what are you doing coming in here? Like, you think you're something? Like, you're the... That would be my initial reaction. Like, I'm a fighter. Like, y'all are just idiots. <laughs> like, you want to talk about her stuff? Let's talk about you. Not Jesus. Look at what he did. He just kneels down. He's like, calm, you know? Because he's got nothing to prove. And neither do you, by the way. You don't have to. And if we're secure in him, we don't have anything to prove. We don't have to ever live in fear. We can be steady and constant because I know what they're dealing with. So why are they fearful? Why are they angry? I don't have to be upset because I know the true issue. I give no foothold for the enemy. So Jesus' next words are crucial. And this is what Jesus did. In his anger, he does not sin. I know he's gotta be angry. He begins to ride in the sand and I wish I knew what he wrote. Many, many people theorize that he's writing all their sins as they're looking, you know, he's looking into their eyes. He's like, yeah, I see you right here. You know what I mean? Like just gentle calm, you know, he's writing all this stuff. And can you imagine like your face flushing when somebody writes out your stuff? He's like, oh my gosh, what have I done? He says, if you've not sinned, go ahead and throw the first stone. Y'all go ahead and throw. Go ahead. That's what the law says. It's good. Do you know what's so amazing about this story? So I love what you shared. The oldest ones drop their rocks first. Why? Now listen to me. Look at what the Holy Spirit does. She doesn't know what I'm preaching. I'm gonna be disobedient unless I speak this. It's the word. Now have an encounter with the Holy Spirit today because it's not us who orchestrates this moment, this time. It is the King of all kings and he is alive today. And his name is Jesus, man. The oldest ones dropped their rocks first because they realized even then what Mama Jen said today. I'm way worse than anybody knows. I've been forgiven more than I can even describe to you. And one by one, they drop their rocks. He bends down to the woman and he says, where, woman, where are your accusers? 
And he says, then neither do I accuse you. But listen, he does not stop there. Listen to me, he tells the truth. And he says, hey woman, don't do it again. Don't do it again. Come, fo- come, come follow me. There's a different life you were made for. Don't do it again. Hey, listen, today, I pray we encounter the person of Jesus in this room today because this hits every single one of us. If you've got rocks in your hand today, I say, go ahead and throw it. If you, if you don't deserve to be thrown at yourself, go ahead, go ahead, do it, do it. Would you drop the rock? Be forgiven today. But maybe you don't have rocks in your hand. Maybe everybody around you has rocks. And I say, if you're in the dust today, I say, where are your accusers? Your sin has been nailed to the cross and there is no one left to throw rocks at you. Would you stand up? Would you be forgiven today? Would you come and walk a different life? Because you were invited into it. decision do you need to make today? We all need to make decisions in this room. Would you drop the rocks today? Or would you stand up and choose to follow Jesus? He's inviting us there. We bow our heads together. I just want to finish that time of prayer today. If you're, we're not looking around, but like, hey, if, if you're today, you're sitting here and you're like, man, I, I really need prayer today. Would you, would you just let me know by, by just maybe a look or a lift of the hands? Like, man, I've come in here today and I feel, I feel wounded. I feel broken. I feel justified with my anger. Like anybody in this room is like, man, I, I really need prayer today. I really need an encounter today. Anybody right here. Thank you, brother. Right there. Thank you, my sister. I invite you all, like, don't, don't leave this service. We're going to have a prayer team after, and, and you can share. We'd love to pray with you guys. Father, I know what's going to heal this land. I know what's going to heal our hearts. I know what settles crowds from wanting to throw rocks. I know what causes us to stand up we're feeling broken and beaten and that's you it's the truth of the word that points to the word Jesus Christ the person and you've left your Holy Spirit here to do work in our hearts and you said your Holy Spirit would bring to remembrance everything we need to know so Holy Spirit we open up our minds and our hearts to you and we ask that you would speak to our soul the truth that we need to hear God the truth that no, no person could maybe even say in this moment, but God, something that you could do beyond words that I can speak, God, with groans that are too deep for me to even comprehend and explain and express, God. I pray that you would speak to the person in the room who needs healing in their heart, God. I pray in the name of Jesus that healing would happen, God. I pray in the name of Jesus that forgiveness is available today for the person who needs forgiveness. God, I pray that you would give us the power to forgive those in our lives who need forgiveness in our lives as well, who've done us wrong. Understanding that first we were first forgiven. God, we're in desperate need of more of you because I know that would fix every bit of us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.